Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hey, it's so good to see all of you guys today. Um, welcome to Crossroads. My name is Dion. Please join me in prayer. Father, thank you so much that um, we do have these opportunities to be able to show who you are um, to our town and just to our families here at church, Lord. Um, Lord, you, you have given the church such an incredible responsibility, a privilege of being able to just show the world who you are through how we choose to live our lives. And so I know that for some of us, this is, this is new information, and some of us just simply need to be reminded of the privilege that that is. And so thank you that you give us absolutely everything that we need to be able to do that. Um, we look forward to what you've got to teach us today. Thank you for allowing us to be here in a nice, cool building. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, guys. There really couldn't be uh, really any better songs than the two we just heard were uh, we're in a series, and we're specifically talking, and have been talking for several weeks, about telling the world about Jesus Christ, about telling the world about a, a good, good father. Uh, the song that we just sang is, is part of the message that we've been proclaiming. And uh, Lori's song, Let Me Tell You About My Jesus, is what we get the honor and the privilege of doing uh, throughout the world. And so, uh, my name is Bill, for those of you who don't know me, and I'm excited about what we're going to be d digging into today. Uh, so, welcome oh, here in person and online. Uh, these are the verses that we've been actually working with uh, for the last several weeks. We've 12-week series. We went back in history. We went back 2,000 years to look at the early church. Look at Christ descending and sending his people out, ascending, and that they'll receive power. That followers of Christ receive the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, not for just edification and, and building us up and transforming us in, into the image of Christ, but also to tell other people. He says, I'm going to give you power, dunamis, uh, dynamite is a word we translate there, to go out and tell other people about Jesus Christ, about this good news that has happened inside of the world. And so uh, he sends us out to be able to do that. And, and today we're, we're, wooing, we're going to go actually through a wormhole, and we're going to come 2,000 years later. We're going to get into a DeLorean, if you're familiar with that particular image, uh, back to the future. And we're going to come to the year uh, 2022. We're, we're in the future. We're in the present. We're talking about these commands, these words, these encouragement that now fall to us as members of the Church of Jesus Christ. For those of you who are here and have, have come into a relationship with Christ, uh, this is for us. These are our marching orders. And, but we're adding a new word today, and it's very important in 2022. Uh, it's always been important, but specifically in our culture today. Uh, it says Jesus talks to the people, the Jews that have believed in him. He had people gather around him and follow him. So he is now speaking to a specific group of people. He says, for those of you who believe in me, if you abide in my word, abide means to remain, to connect, to read, to understand his word, the Bible. If you remain in my word, you're truly my disciples. And if we abide in the Bible, we will know the truth, and the truth will set us free. We live in a world where the battle is over truth. What's true? What's not true? What's fake news? What's fake science? What's all these things are coming at us from so many directions? What's true? And so uh, today's about truth, the truth. 
Very simple description. The body of real things, events, and facts. This is, it is what it is. It's, it's not garnished. It's not covered. This is truth that we're talking about today. And of course, Jesus makes it clear that he is the way. And he's the truth. He is the truth. And he's, he is also the life and the only way to the Father. Uh, very demanding. So we come uh, up to the current age that we live in at this time. And that's, we're going to be telling the world uh, all that. The main verse, and we're going to be focusing on truth. Now, one problem, and just acknowledge it up front, the, the elephant in the room, is that truth is under debate in our time. Truth is conflicted in the marketplace. There's a truth that God speaks, and there's a truth of the world. And these two are at enmity, hostility, at war with each other. And it, we need to recognize that because if we're going to be speaking truth, then we're going to know that we're going to be under uh, pressure from the culture that's around us. So this is the warning that we start at. Today demands a choice. Each person here, as each person that, that actually exists in the world, we have to decide what defines our truth. What is, your, what is the, the litmus test of truth? What is, where do you find truth? How do you know what's true? Uh, uh, what do we believe? Who do we believe at this time? The next, actually, this week and the three that follow it, we're dealing specifically with truth. T today we're, we're dealing with the truth uh, of the gospel, the good news of Jesus that we spread out. What's the truth of Jesus? What's the truth about him? And it's, is there hope in 2022? There's some people that say there is no hope. No, there's always hope. There's always hope in Christ. Uh, we have a good, good father. So in the, in the chaos and dangers and everything else that's taking place, there's hope. This week, this week we talk about the hope, which is the body of Christ, the church, working through our culture, our community, and our world to transform people's lives. It's not a physical kingdom takeover. It is a personal kingdom of Christ coming into our hearts. Many people here have experienced that, that transformation one of the words of those songs that started out with good, good father, a quiet whispering in the night that we have a good, good father. And so that's, uh, that's, that's what we're talking about through the church today. Next week, we're taking it to what I think is the main battleground in our culture. It's been the main battleground for really 100 years, but it's really intensified in the last 60 years. We're going to walk into the classroom. The, next, the message next week is about the next generation. Is there hope for it? Is there no hope? Is it written off? Many people say, just write it off. Let's, there's no hope because of the situations that are there. So we'll talk next week about the family. We'll talk about education of children. We'll talk about what a parent needs to tell a child about the, the religion of this world, humanism, and how to prepare them to live in the real world. After that, we're going to go into the world because one of the exciting things uh, that as we look back 2,000 years ago, we see the church going into the whole world. It's still doing it. God is on the move in the world in miraculous, powerful ways. It's happening in China. It's happening in Iran. It's happening in Africa. It's happening in Muslim countries. Where Christ is being persecuted, the church flourishes. And yet in the Western culture, where it is not as directly and as 
physically challenged, we're wilting and falling away. So that's in the world we'll talk about. And the final one, we're going to talk about Ridgecrest, practically crossroads. What can each person here do? Because we each have a role to play in changing the world. As a matter of fact, that's, that's the next point that comes up. There's a war over truth. And uh, we look at some of the statistics that come out of that reality and, and the truth that is there. It's a spiritual battle. It's not a political battle. It's not Democrat, Republican, oh, heaven forbid, that they would have any import whatsoever. They're just loud noises <laughs> causing confusion. Uh, the real battle is spiritual. The battle in our government, the battle in our schools, the battle in our homes, the battle in each heart here is a battle, a spiritual battle against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places that you hear them speaking through media, you hear them speaking through social uh, media, you hear them speaking uh, through the news, you hear them. This battle is going on. We're, we're inundated with voices uh, today. And it's, we're fighting against the cosmic powers of present darkness, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, speaking through, we call them talking heads. We call them influencers. We call them you know, cultural leaders. If it's in Hollywood, they're a star or a celebrity. They're speaking through these people into our culture today. Uh, and the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ that we have proclaimed, what we proclaimed and have proclaimed and should always proclaim forever, is the gospel, the good news that, that there is a God, Christ is, is, is the only Savior, the only way, the truth. It's been veiled in our country. We kicked God out of the schools 60 years ago. Started earlier than that, but it's been out every... You can't speak about him, you can't pray, you can't teach, you can't uh, have a Bible, you can't, oh, don't ever post the Ten Commandments. That would be ludicrous to put absolute truth on the wall. Recently, a, a young lady was uh, banned in a school and, and sent home because she had a cross. The, the, the decision of the school board that got that high, well, she could wear a cross. As long as it was under a shirt, no one knew it. And she didn't pull it out or tell anyone about it. Have we come to that? Yeah. There's a spiritual war. So what, is, what does that change? Now, these are statistics that we put on the board all the time. And uh, they're not important. They're just statistics. But they represent real people. Uh, in our country today, these statistics tell us that we've had a falling away from biblical Christianity. A biblical worldview, which means I, we'll talk about this a lot. We see the Bible. We see the world through the Bible. God lenses. We interpret news, uh, everything that's taking place, life, relationships, through what the Bible says. Six percent. Six out of 100 people in the United States today consider the Bible as their source of truth and see the world through it. Secular humanism is only defined and carefully here, two percent. Uh, this other one, uh, deism, one percent, postmodern, now all at one percent. The one that wins is syncretism. Syncretism is a pick here, pick there. Uh, a little belief of this, a little, a little Hinduism, a little uh, karma, a little uh, reincarnation. Maybe I get to try this over. A little bit of personal truth. It's like a spiritual buffet. You walk down and you sample what you want and actually what you need for that moment because you can change it around. But 
88% of the people believe in that. I first heard that word, uh, and I encourage anyone to, to follow, this, follow up on this. I read a book in 1990 called The Frog in the Kettle by George Barna. First time that word was ever mentioned. And he said in that book, this is going to take over our country when no one even knew what it meant. And that's the reality we live in now. That's most people in Ridgecrest, a large percentage of really of the people sitting here believe in syncretism. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. I will make my custom, Jesus, my custom path to heaven. How do I know that's true? Because that was me. That was my life. I picked and chose. So I, I had a secular worldview, but it was syncret. It pulled a little bit from everything. Uh, psycho modern psychology, psychobabble, uh, all the stuff that's going on in our culture, personal truth. Pers I had all that. Now, and again, honest confession. I can speak for myself. And I think most honest people here, we're still being deprogrammed from that false teaching. Every day, uh, almost, almost every day, uh, I'm reading things in the Bible that's changing my worldview. That's, that's saying, Bill, what you believed isn't true. This is true. So everyone here is, we're, this is an ongoing process to move into biblical Christianity, 2%. 2%. Now, I'm going to talk about something that's very important. At the beginning of that list, it says biblical worldview, 6%. Huh. Biblical Christians, 2%. Shouldn't those be the same? Mm, yeah, but they're not. The biblical worldview is, we'll see this, Romans 12, 2. We see the world through the Bible. We know what the truth is. It's in our face. We buy it. We commit to it. But the 2% are those who say, I'm going to follow it. See the difference? So in, in, in churches today, of all Christian churches, as defined, uh, only 6% of that uh, have biblical Christianity. They follow it. And so this difference between knowing the truth and doing the truth is the foundational challenge that each of us face on a daily basis. So that, that's our beginning, and that's our introduction uh, that starts out. So, so what do we do with that as we go forward? Uh, most people have drifted, and most people, excuse me, all people need to continue to look at what we believe, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So to help, I've invited a prophet, as just the prophets of the Old Testament, to come in and talk to us. This is no expense spared. I, I, he looks like a prophet, except the tats. But here he is, the speaking into our culture. Uh, this is John Cooper. He's the lead singer uh, for the, the, rock, the Christian rock group, and they rock, uh, called Skillet. And so uh, he wrote a book, which I encourage everyone to read. If you have kids, you have to read it uh, to be able to do this. We had a meeting uh, Wednesday night, Dion's small group, which is going to go through this book, which I encourage everyone to read and participate in that group. And we watched a videotape by Mr. Cooper describing what's there. Here's some lyrics from his song that, that, that the book title came from. I'm awake and alive. I know what I believe on the inside. Now's my time. He says, I'm awake and I'm alive. And that's what we want to be, to the truth. 
So uh, he's going to come and he, he's going to share with us uh, his, some of his words. This is the end of a clip. The full clip is on your outline. You just have to click it online and you can go watch the whole thing. Let's, let's listen to a prophet. I've been using this statistic that um, the head of Summit Ministries just shared with me that 4%, just 4% of, of young people in the church have a biblical worldview. In the church. Yes. Right? That's not even mainstream culture. And that should sober us. It absolutely should it absolutely should sober us. I mean, I think that some of it, this is just my opinion. I don't know if I'm right or not. This is just my experience, I would say. You know, my experience is that at the end of the 90s and as, as the turn of the millennia came, a lot of us, and I'll put myself in this category, so I'm not pointing my finger at everybody else. This is me too. A lot of us were going, how can we reach the world for the gospel of Jesus? We don't need another worldview class. We don't need another Bible class. We don't need another, well, Jesus came to do a, you know, a um, propitiation for my sins and another atonement sacrament. People don't know what that means. We just need to understand why is it good for people to want to know Jesus? And that we are seeing the negative, <laughs> the negative fruits of that now. It's not to say that it's not important to understand why is why why is why is Christ relevant to them. How can Christ reach down into their pain? All that is is important. But because of that, we started sort of diminishing the importance of worldview. And I put myself in that category. We diminish the importance of understanding what the divinity the divinity of Scripture, why that even matters, and then. That, that Christ has something to say about the whole world. There's no aspect of your life that he doesn't have something to say about COVID <laughs> mandates, your job, your parenting, your, your spouse, the, you know, uh, politics, law, the civil realm. Either Christ is Lord of everything or you're saying there's a sliver of the pie that he's not Lord over and that he doesn't speak to. That's just a neutral territory. And we are seeing the we are really seeing bad, bad fruit from thinking that there was a lot of neutral areas. Mm -hmm. Neutral area would be something like education, mm -hmm. as if you can just teach education without a bent towards either Christian education or a bent towards humanistic education. Politics is another thing. Christians, oh, we don't want to get political. That's not God's realm. So Christ is not the Lord of of, of the civil realm. Is that what you mean? Or do you think that he is the Lord and he may have something to say about it? We may disagree, but he has something to say about it. And we should dig down to find out what that is. So I think that that's a mistake we made. And it has led us to a place where we no longer believe that the scriptures are authoritative. So if we read a scripture and the scripture says, you know, this and that either you do this or you do that. a wise man does fill in the blank. A foolish man does fill in the blank. We're not at a time when a great many Christians go yeah, but that's kind of extreme. Yeah. There's a big neutral gray area, God. <laughs> and God's like, no, there's not. That's why I wrote it that way. Yeah, that's really good. Well, I want to end on a note of encouragement because, you know, there's a lot to be discouraged about, but there's also a lot to be encouraged about. So why can we have confidence in where the church is going and hope for the next generation of believers? Oh, I would love to have a word of encouragement. Great idea. So everybody ends... This is horrible. <laughs> you know what? The fact that it is horrible is where I would probably say is where the encouragement is coming because you can't just keep, um, you can't just keep, how do you want to say it? Keep, the Bible would say kicking against the goads. You, you can't just keep going, pushing and pushing and pushing against 
I don't want to say this, the design of the kingdom. There's a, there's a flow of the kingdom of God. Let's say it this way. There's a flow of the kingdom of God. God says, this is how my world is created. Two plus two equals four. When you do this, this happens, right? The wise man does this. The foolish man does this. And when you are in the flow of the kingdom of God, then you have order in your life. Christ is, Christ is the Lord and Christ brings order to your, the chaos of your life. But if you kick against the goats and you keep, you know, kicking against the kingdom, it's going to kick back, you know? And so what I say is we're devolving into chaos. We're just getting worse and worse and worse and worse at some point people will begin to say, okay, what we're doing it just ain't working. It's just not working. So what do we do about that now? And so a word of encouragement is that sometimes you have to see the chaos in order to recognize, all right, this, is, this isn't this is going good. I will say I, I feel like I'm already starting to see that. We're on tour now. The amount of young people giving their lives to Christ uh, at the tour we're on is astounding. I've never seen anything like it in my music career. Um, the percentage of people coming, uh, giving their life to Jesus, it's almost like they're seeing it now. When you live in a, in a world where nothing means anything, there's no, there's no male, there's no female, there's no sex. Uh, there's no, it, it's like everything's changing every week. They are feeling this incredible anxiety. I mean, why wouldn't you, you know, I feel so bad for young people. Imagine growing up right now as a young person and being like, whatever I thought was true today might might be untrue tomorrow. And then I might be yelled at for saying it a day too late, canceled, taken off of social media or whatever the next thing may be. That's going to devolve to a place where all of a sudden people will finally realize this is not working and we need a new answer. And that's why Christians, we need to, we need to get sharp on the word of God. We get sharp on the word of God to say, that's going into chaos because you are doing that. You know, the Bible's really clear, but it's not really a mystery. The Bible's very clear about a lot of it. And so I've just found an immense amount of peace believing the Bible, seeing it play out in culture. You speak to it, and eventually people, are their, their eyes are going to open. They say, oh, I see. Then maybe the Bible is real. And that's when we need to swing those nets, swing those nets wide. Yep. Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. I really appreciate it. really appreciate your voice and culture. We need it. Oh, thank you very much. I love being here. A bearded prophet. I love that. Just did you did you happen to catch this 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 concept idea of kicking against the goads? Kicking there that's a spike that's behind the ox when you're treating. So if, if he starts kicking back, he's trying to kick you, he hits the goads, he keeps going forward. What he said clearly in his absolute truth. As as a culture, we've been kicking against the goads. We have been kicking against the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God's truth. We have been time and time again calling God a liar by our behaviors and what we proclaim as truth. Whether it's the government, whether it's the school system, whether it's multimedia, whatever it is, it's kicking against the goads and saying God is wrong. And that doesn't work. The ultimate falling out of that is don't be deceived. As a nation, as a person, as a family, don't be deceived. Don't let the lies of the devil pull you aside. God is not mocked. Whatever one's, by the way, God is not mocked. Did you like that when he was saying everything's gray? (laughs) And God says, I didn't write it that way. 
God is black and white. It is true or false. So he goes on to say, for whoever sows, this is what you're going to reap. If you sow to your own flesh, if we, if we believe the world and we sow to our flesh, we follow our desires, we do all those things, we cancel God's truth, and then we're going to, from, that, from the flesh, we're going to reap corruption. But if we sow to the Spirit of God, we follow, then we're going to start reaping that which is good. We're going to reap eternal life. We're going to reap peace. Did you notice when the uh, commentator of this interview said, finally, John, that's all great. Give us some hope. Did you hear what the hope was? We are going to be so dismal and confused. People are going to be at the bottom of a cycle, and they're going to say, this isn't working. In other words, what he's saying is, we got to hit bottom before we'll look for God in truth. And so I, I, many of you have heard me say this. I pray for the crash. The economic crash, the moral crash, the, the web going down, all, just whole, anything that will level our nation so that my grandkids have a hope. It's the only hope. So this, this is, this, the, the fool says, and the wise man, I happen to be reading the book of Proverbs at this time, uh, and, and that just is the echoing theme inside of that. What's the chaos in our country? Uh, so many things. Uh, one, sexual orientation. Now, again, when you look at the major social issues, political issues in our country, these aren't political issues. These really aren't social issues. These are truth issues. Uh, the question is, when does life begin? Is it God at the moment of creation creating a unique individual person? Or sometimes after birth, Maybe even the California new law says you can terminate a life of an infant up to 30 days. Or partial birth abortion, which means you can have a totally healthy baby, and then just as the head crowns, you kill it. When does life begin? The Bible's clear on this. This isn't a, this isn't a social issue. This isn't something the Supreme Court decides. At last check, it was decided thousands of years ago. When God said, I create life at the moment of conception, I design each individual person. And this has political ramifications and social ramifications for you and me that I have been designed by God for his purpose and his plan. And you can tell your kids with great confidence, no, you're not an accident. God created you. You have a purpose. And it isn't to wander mindlessly in this maze of lies and confusion that we're in. This is the truth. Uh, today, the, the Church of England says that it is impossible to define what a woman is. You don't think we have the same confusion? You don't think we're going crazy with that? You don't see the demonstrations in the street, uh, in all of these things, and all the arguments back and forth about inclusion and everything else? At last check, God said, I made the man and woman. No, but there's another truth. There's another truth, that somewhere later in our life, because of our feelings and our emotions at sometimes, we get to decide. More and more, there's a movement not to put the definition of a person's a birth, a young, young child's sex on the birth certificate until they're old enough to decide for themselves. The anatomical evidence doesn't count. Every 
gene in their body that is, says male or female, that doesn't count. Science is out the door, and we get to choose. Why? It's personal truth. It's personal feelings. Uh, now, the good news, because he gave the good news. He gave the good news. When we get ready to listen, he says the church needs to swing a wide neck. And that's why we're here. We're here to proclaim the truth. Uh, Jesus Christ is still the good news. This uh, quote that is at the top of this comes, came out of a, a reading that I do, a, a spiritual giant, Oswald Chambers, in, uh, in a book, Biblical Psychology, written in 1917. I'm reading it through for the second time. It is truth. And it exposes the total lie of Maslow, Freud, Skinner, Jung, all of these other people. Uh, but here's his claim. Here's his truth. The claim of salvation by Jesus Christ is that the Spirit of God can satisfy the aching abyss of the human soul. We do not have to be in anxiety. We do not have to be in confusion. We do not have to lose our peace in these things. But he, he can do it not only in the here and after in heaven, but he can do it now, here and now. The promise that you can tell your kids, your grandkids, your neighbors, and your friends that God has the answers now to bring peace to our soul. Jesus says, if you're anxious, if you're worried, if you're uptight, if you're fearful, he says, come to me. But listen to what he says, come to me and I will give you rest, later rest for your souls. But he says, learn from me. Learn from me. In other words, learn his truth. It says, when he says, take my yoke upon you, yoke was the rabbi's word for his teaching. Take Jesus' teaching, his word, his truth upon us and we'll have rest for our souls. Our life can become easy. Is this a battle for me? Absolutely. I'm a wired, tight weirdo. So uh, constantly trying to stay busy to serve Christ and often beat myself into the ground. I need to remember this. The peace and the rest and the hope is in Christ. He says this is what we can do and this is what we get to tell the world. The world now has nothing to build security on. Only through Christ can we do that. How do, we, how do we bring that about? What is the hope? The hope is the church of Jesus Christ because we're the carriers of the message. It isn't the Republicans. It isn't the Democrats. It, it isn't even Fox News. And it certainly isn't the number of thumbs up you get on your social media. The hope is those of us gathering together as the body of Christ to, in the structure of the church, under the leadership of the church, working together to be able to change our world. And we have the ability individually, personally in Christ, to grow up in all aspects unto the Him who is the head, even Christ. We get to grow into the image of Christ as each individual part, each person sitting here, each person in the body of Christ, rolls up our sleeves, and we go do what Christ has called us to do in this world, to support one another, to tell our neighbors, to invite them to church, to show love and, and radical love in different places. This is the way the body is going to grow and build itself up as each of us will do that. We'll talk about that each week as we go through this series in 2022. And get the last part of that. It, it, as each part does it, it'll cause the body to grow. 
I won't ask for a show of hands, but I would be embarrassed if every hand didn't go up when, when I ask a simple question. Do you want your life to count for eternity or do you want to waste it? And you can ask your kids the same question. There's two paths. There's one where you can waste your life chasing after the wisdom of this world or you can transform the world now and for eternity by presenting Christ to others. Very simple choice. So how do we do that? What do we present? Well, first off, see the world the way God sees it. This is, this is really simple. They're God glasses that we can put on. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't believe all the talking heads, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And, and by testing that you can discern, by testing, trying God. I tried God. I did. And every Christian in here has tried God, has found out something. He's very satisfying. He's very wonderful to walk in his truth. He's right. We learned what the will of God is. You know what that is? A lot of people say Christianity is bad news. No. God's plan is good, acceptable, and perfect to bring us eternal life, blessings on this earth, uh, everything that we'd ever want. The path of the world brings destruction and pain. We, we, his will is good and acceptable and perfect. How do we know God's will? Blessed is the man. This is, listen to these words. Blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel, advice, information, uh, truth of the world. Don't walk in the counsel of evil people. And there's a quick division here. Get ready. God, evil. Truth, lies. There is no gray area. God didn't leave that option to us. So walk, don't be, and, and continue to walk in the don't walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners. How do you stand in the path of sinners? Oh my goodness, we wouldn't do that. Let me show you how. Click. Oh, don't like that channel. Click, click, click. Or mouse. As we search around for truth. Not that it's, we don't want to be uninformed, but we have to have a grid to run it through, and that only comes from the Scripture. Don't sit in the seat of scoffers. A scoffer is someone an expression of scorn, derision, and contempt. I'm a little fired up today. I don't know if anyone noticed. You look at what goes into your mind from news sources, social media. Oh, man. Is it, is it scorn, derision, and contempt? If you find a channel that isn't that way, let me know. It, 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 okay, so, but in his law, he meditates day and night. It's astounding that people who build their lives on the Bible don't read it. It's like walking into a room. Uh, this room, by the way, when all the lights are out, it's dark. I have to walk from that door to that door to get to the bathroom. And if I don't turn a light on, I stumble into some chairs. It get big bruises because I'm too stupid to turn the light on. So many people today are too stupid to turn the light on. Sorry. That was derogatory, divisive, and uh, all that other stuff. The wise man reads the word. The fool does not. The wise man 
meditates day and night on the word of God. The fool does not. This is very simple. Truth is in the Bible. You want truth? Read it. Read what the Bible has to say. Sources of truth uh, continue to come at us. God's word has proven to be true. All scripture is inspired of God. We have a book in the back that shows you how you can believe it and why you should believe it. Because of prophecy, fulfillment, uh, eyewitness accounts, uh, historical accuracy. All of these things prove that it is the word of God. It isn't a question of if. Only, only anyone who hasn't looked say, ah, oh, it's full of contradictions. It's full of this. It's all outdated. It's always written 2,000 years ago. All baloney. It's the living word of God. It is uh, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that you and I can be adequately equipped for every good work. And our kids can be. Our neighbors can be. Our friends can be. It is the eternal word of God that does not change. It's the same truth for every person, in every place, at every time period, in every situation. It is adequate for every good work. Uh, inspired, inerrant, free from error, immutable. It is truth. So the, the scripture is the clear source of truth. As we do that, Jesus is the truth. Walk with Jesus. You're walking with truth. Quite, quite simply, uh, he is the way, the truth, and the life. In the beginning, he was the word, was the logos of God, the wisdom of God, the revealed wisdom and understanding of God is Jesus Christ. We, we, we wanted to say, what's God like? So God came and walked among us through his son, Jesus Christ. The, the, the ongoing statement of, want to know what's true? Well, you ask a simple question. What would Jesus do? If, I, I challenge a married couple in here. Next time you get into a hot two, ooh, ooh, I can't believe that, just look at each other and say, what would Jesus do? And your problem's gone. Look at situations and strife and everything that goes on and say, now how would Jesus handle this? He walked through trials, testing, even the cross in a way that honored his Father. We can do the same thing as we seek him and do this. Uh, that's, that's Jesus' promise. His kingdom is not here. He came to tell us the truth. Although everyone wants to set up God's kingdom here on earth, it's a spiritual kingdom. We're trying to take over governments and places and all this other stuff. It's a kingdom of the heart. Sell the kingdom of the heart, not the Republican Party, or heaven forbid, sorry, the Democratic Party. Don't sell that story. Sell Christ. Sell Christ to the world. You know, that's his promise. When he says when the Spirit comes, this is the next source of truth. The Holy Spirit will come and lead us into all truth. This is his promise. This is what he gives us. We've got Jesus living in us. We've got the Spirit guiding us. We've got the Word in us. But, but also, catch the revelation that God gives us. Very important. God gives us. Everyone in here has had a revelation. Whether we accept it as a revelation, that's another deal. Uh, God says that, that when we reject his revelation, there's wrath from God. He says the wrath of God reveals against un, all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth 
in unrighteousness. Well, what is the truth that God has revealed to everyone? He said he's made himself known to everyone through his creation. When we teach evolution, he's no longer a creator. God miraculously created us. And by the way, science supports creation, not evolution. Why isn't it taught in the, Sunday, in the schools? As someone in the Sunday school class asked that today. Because where light shines, darkness hides. So if they were to teach a creation, even, even let students consider that there's a creator, it would maybe bring a light of truth. And people who want to live in lies don't like light. So there's no teaching. Uh, no, the students aren't even made available to them. What else does God reveal? Not only through revelation of, of his creation, but through your conscience. Even when I was a sinner rat dog, uh, addicted, foolish, uh, I knew what was right and wrong. I just buried it, justified, rationalized, blamed everyone. Well, I didn't, didn't blame anybody else. I was too... I was too busy looking for guys who would go sin with me to blame anyone else. Uh, it's inside of us. God reveals truth. The battle for truth today is the battle of truth. Who do we believe? You know, uh, this is the inside conscience. Who do we believe? If, if I was to say, who's your truth? Would you believe Jesus Christ or Joe Biden? Would you believe the Bible or President Trump? Who would you believe? Would you believe Charles Darwin or God? Would you believe Maslow? Would you believe Karl Marx? Would you believe John Dewey who designed our educational system? Would you believe, I brought this up, Louis Raths? Do you know who Louis Raths is? Raths is R-A-T-H-S. He is the one that single-handedly did more, I think, to destroy our culture than anyone else. He invented an educational program which the NEA fell down and worshipped called Values Clarification. It was started to be taught in 1955 in our school system where they would teach students for the last 60-some years that you get to define what truth is. The teacher would tell the class, now we're going to find out what you think is true, what your truth is, what your morals are, and what your values are. And so they would put a controversial subject out and say, it doesn't matter what I think, the teacher. It doesn't matter what your parents think. It doesn't matter what your pastor thinks or anyone else in this room. You can decide what your truth is. Do you hear it echoing through everything in our culture today? You, this is my truth. You have your truth. I have my truth. You can't tell me what's true. Because it's personal truth. Thank Mr. Raths for it. Uh, and, and the damage that it's done to us. Uh, take a look around. Do we, uh, who do we believe? Who do we choose? God or the world? Very simple summary application. Things that, that, that come to port, point themselves at us. What do we build our lives on? What's the foundation? that's going to stand. Is it going to be Jesus Christ? Is it going to be the good news of Jesus Christ? Is it going to be Jesus Christ himself who is the truth? Is he our way? Is he our truth and he's our life? Are we acting out as a Christian and acting out as a Christian? We act out by building our lives and following the word. You know, and again, everyone has a choice to make. Is this a decision? 
Jesus, he was so cool. And I, he didn't say this with any energy. He just calmly spoke the truth. Well, well, for Christians here, for all Christians, but for Christians here, why do we call him Lord, Lord, and not do what he says? Why do we know what Jesus wants and we choose to not do it? The fruit is evident when we decide that. Everyone who hears my word and does them, he's going to be like a man who builds his house upon a rock. And it's going to stand in the storms of life, in this life and in the next one. If we build our lives on the lies of this world, the false teachings, false doctrine, if we go picky-choosy uh, what we want to believe, when the storm comes, our house will crumble, not only in this life, but in the next one. What do you want to teach your kids? We'll talk about that next week. Join me in prayer, please. Father, we thank you for clear, resounding truth undeniably revealed to us in creation, in, in your word, in Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, and by that inner voice of our conscience that tells us that you are true. Your ways are true. Your life is to be followed. And Lord, by all evidence, you are the way to eternal life. Give us the wisdom to not only know, but to do. And the power and enough love to tell others. Thanks in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Please join us next week. If you know parents that are looking for educational options, we will talk about those next week.